Hey everyone, we're back. We have a Jason Wilmot with Haptics joining us for part two of our conversation that we had on the last podcast where we were talking digital marketing strategies. Um, last, you know, last time we had you on, Jason, we talked in depth about retargeting and some of those things. Let's maybe dive today into the specific platforms that, you know, we can be retargeting on and how that maybe looks, um, some strategies there. And then I think that it's probably valuable for us to maybe talk about some of the, uh, the failures or common mistakes that you're seeing contractors make um, when they're trying to use these different platforms. Uh, do you have a favorite platform that you, you want to go with? Uh, seems to me Facebook is kind of the one everybody gravitates to initially. So I don't know if you're, if you want to maybe start there and then we can, you know, piece out the other platforms. Yeah, sure. We'd love to start on Facebook. And again, thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure talking a couple of days ago and now it's fun to just be back. So um, yeah, let's talk about Facebook. So I think you're right in, uh, in saying most people, I would say most businesses really start on Facebook and that's a great spot to start. Um, I think, uh, you know, whether you like Facebook or not, whether you're on it personally or not, businesses are on Facebook um, because they know they have to be, they know that they uh, need to be. And then kind of the question is how, how do you use Facebook? So um, I would definitely say that you want to be on Facebook for two core reasons. One, um, you want to be on, you, you need a presence on there. I mean, if you're a contractor and this kind of doesn't have anything to do with ads, but you need the reviews, you need the testimonials, you need to have some sort of online presence. Um, but it's, if you're running ads, it's really, really hard to beat Facebook uh, and specifically Facebook manager. So can, can, when I say Facebook, when you're running ads on Facebook, you do have the ability to choose Facebook or Instagram or both at the same time. It's kind of nice. Um, I'm sure that you're, I'm not sure. I would assume most of your uh, listeners know that Instagram is owned by Facebook. So if you're leveraging an ad platform, Facebook business manager is an incredible asset because you can you know, advertise to the two kind of largest um, social media platforms out there in, uh, in, in Facebook and Instagram. Sure. There's TikTok and there's other things, but as far as like who, who is buying from you, where your customers are, I think Facebook and Instagram, they, it, you just have to start there. Awesome. Um, so a couple of questions on that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with the, uh, the big one. Uh, and I was guilty of this. So I had, I had my, uh, dabble in the entrepreneur world and, and okay. the, you know, startup business world and Facebook loves to dangle in front of you. Hey, Michael, do you want to reach 10,000 more people? We'll boost this post with $20. Yeah. Let's yeah. maybe, let's maybe help them discern the difference between a boosted post and then maybe a paid ad um, yeah. and, and the targeting and what, what kind of goes into those two concepts? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, this is great. And uh, and boosting posts gets a bad rap and it should, but there's actually really good ways to use boosted posts. Um, so let's kind of, uh, yeah, make this easier. So I think anybody who has boosted a post, first of all, I would say good on you because you do want to leverage this extra reach, right? And, and, and um, boosting this post does give you a little bit more reach where you're going to give Facebook some money and you're hoping for this result. Um, so I would say that's a good first step, right? You know that you need to pay money uh, or you need to market in order to kind of uh, improve your reach. I think the biggest difference though between a boosted post, like if you're just boosting it and you're kind of relying on Facebook versus a more targeted ad, 
it's nothing to do with the creative. It's all about who you are targeting and who you are reaching. When you when you merge um, your ads into kind of the back end or the ads manager, you have so much more insight into who you want to target, kind of the age demographics, the interests that they have. Maybe you have a CSV uploaded list. Maybe you have a geo-targeted area where you just want to target these folks. Like boosting is great. It's kind of an initial push, um, but it's also a really good way to just lose your money. Um, at the end of the day, what you want more than anything, whether it's an ad or whether it's a boosted post, you need the tracking. So you need to be able, and you can do this whether it's boosted or whether you're running this as an ad, but you just need to know the effect of that. Um, and more importantly, you need to understand what you're trying to do. Um, meaning this, are you trying to sell? Are you trying to like get leads, clients, customers, or are you just interested in kind of broadcasting this message, uh, and kind of like a brand awareness play? If you're more interested in actually leveraging ads to their fullest capacity, then you have to kind of move into the Facebook ad manager at some point. Now I will say this, and I don't want to get too technical in this, but there's ways to boost posts and then actually pull them into the ad manager and run them as ads. And to tell you the truth, that is probably one of the greatest hacks that I have leveraged over the past few years, but it's, it's technical and there are a couple uh, tricks to it. So, um, the one thing to remember is this though, once you boost a post, you can't ever change it. So I, you better like it. Uh, it better be the, the right copy, the right link, the right everything. Uh, because if you boost it and you want to just run it as an ad, you can't change it later on. And the benefit of kind of running ads in the background uh, are you can update it, you can switch it, you can pull it down, you can edit the copy, all of that other stuff. And then the one last thing though that I will say about boosted posts is, the most important thing, and I should say the most important because there's a lot of important things. One of the most important components of running ads on Facebook specifically is a social proof. Uh, people are way more likely to gravitate, gravitate towards ads that have likes and shares and comments and all of that. And that is actually a really good use case for using boosted posts. You're, you're encouraging the audience to kind of get that social proof. But the best combination that I have, that I have leveraged, I was kind of referring to the hack that I like to use. I love to boost posts to the people who already like my page, I like to gobble up that social proof. And then I like to take that ad and kind of pull it into the back end of Google, uh, or sorry, Facebook ad manager, and then run that as an ad. Because all of a sudden, like you have this highly engaged uh, post or this ad, and all of a sudden, like it's not, it's not some blank ad that you're kind of throwing out there. So, um, I, I don't mean to kind of cover over that quickly because there is a whole lot of nuance and there's a lot of, uh, pieces to that. But, um, I would just say like, if you are boosting posts, know that there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more ability to kind of refine your messaging and your targeting. If you do a little bit more due diligence and, and, and learn Facebook ads. Perfect. Um, I'm going to use an example here locally. So uh, we're both in, in Nebraska mm -hmm. and there's a company summit lawns and I, I couldn't even tell you how I ended up stumbling upon them. Maybe I was trying to sell in company camp. I don't know what that initial interaction was, but they're doing something, you know, and they've got their, their cookies and their pixels and they're, mm -hmm. they're not only following me around Facebook and right there around every corner, but it seems like they're serving up content that makes sense for me. Is there a way that people can be doing this? You know, I, I know we had last time when we talked, we talked about listening where people are going on your website, some of those things. Is there a way that we could almost be serving up ads that the call to action makes sense for the per, like how that person interacted with your website? Uh, 
I mean, the answer is yes. Uh, and it sounds like these Summit Lung guys are doing a great job with that if they're just kind of following you around and, and putting these different messages in front of you. I think one thing, I mean, uh, one thing that we discussed earlier or the, the last time that we talked are how are people qualifying themselves? You know, so if they hit a specific spot in their website, um, what do you need to put back in front of them? And, um, you know, normally in this case, it's education, it's education or testimonials. That's you're, you're showing, you're providing value to your customer and you're showing them that you know what you're doing. Right. And so a great way to do that is through Facebook ads. Like you're putting out the testimonials, you're putting this, but there's other avenues where you can do this as well. Google display ads. We could talk more about Google display ads later. Like Google display ads are the little ads that you you're going to see around in your browsing experience you're not going to be charged for those at all until somebody clicks. So it's kind of a good way to continue the storytelling. Uh, YouTube, you can actually advertise on YouTube for remarketing and you're not going to get charged up until 30 seconds. So if somebody watches, if somebody hits skip, if they watch a little bit, like you're not going to get charged. So there's different ways to kind of piece the story together for the individual and just kind of follow them around. And I think one of the most important things is like following them around tastefully. Like I think we've all seen this where it's just like, Hey, we're retargeting you and you just get blasted everywhere. But if these, if these folks at Summit Lawns or whoever like are doing this storytelling tastefully and they're providing value to the customer, either with testimonials or with, uh, you know, education, then that goes a really long way um, when it comes to using social media and specifically ads. So I, I hope I answered your question there. Yeah, you did. Uh, you hit on what I was trying to get at, and I'm I'm far from an expert, but I think the tasteful piece of it, and like I think of the t Summit Lawns, it's always educational. You know, it's always I actually kind of want to watch this, and uh, there's there's value in that. What what in your opinion is a good call to action then on some of those type of ads that you're running? If you know it's grub worms and how to handle grub mm -hmm. worms, mm -hmm. you know. Obviously, probably don't want to go into a hard sell point mm -hmm. at that point in time. You went through education. Is mm -hmm. it, you know, some sort of free inspection, book a call? Like, what are some things that you've seen work as far as call to actions? Though? Well, I think, let me just, um, I think, uh, let me take one second to educate the listeners. Because here's what I do see, Michael. Like, I see a lot of businesses not using calls to action. So they're putting out ads, right? They're putting out, they're literally going to the time energy. Um, they're putting in dollars on, online and they're just putting their message out in front of them, uh, out of their potential uh, you know, clients or their prospects at this point, but they don't give a call to action. So a good call to action is you're, you're, you're verbally saying this if it's a video. Like if it's on YouTube, you, somebody needs to say, hey, click through and X, you know, learn more or download. You're, what you're doing with a call to action is you are encouraging them to take the next step in this buyer's journey, right? And it, it might not be a sell, right? It might be click, uh, you know, click through, learn more, download this PDF, just like you said, uh, schedule a call, but you, you're telling them to kind of come back into the funnel and you're directing them to the next piece. And there's so many, there's so many ads and so much, um, so much money wasted because people don't include that call to action in there. So I would say, uh, to answer your question, I would say, what is going to be the most valuable thing for these individuals? Like if you can, if you can get people on the phone normally, and this is my case, like if I want to get people on the phone because I want to understand if I'm a good fit for them, but what I want to do is I want to help them. I want to educate them. I want to listen to them. And if I feel like I can help them, then, you know, I'll present them with an offer and whatnot. And if I don't feel like then I, then I won't. But I think what you're trying to do with the call to action is like, what is this next step 
that I need to provide to this person? Is it trust? Uh, is it testimonials? Is it education? Is, are they just like kind of a confused buyer? I mean, like I've had to do a little bit of talking to people when we're talking about retargeting and all of this stuff. Like they have the concept, but people don't want to buy something that they're confused about. They want to understand, um, they want to understand what they're buying. And so I think the best calls to action are what is that next, you know, what's that next thing that this person needs in this journey to kind of understand the value that you can provide for them. So. I love it. Um, you hit on a couple things there and I want to maybe even dive deeper into some things we've talked about today. So this is one thing I think is probably an effective, uh, you know, digital marketing strategy. I want to get your opinion on it. Sure. But a lot of times I think that, you know, we don't spend enough time on that potentially interested buyer and we want to jump straight to like, if they didn't buy today, they're probably not my customer type of thing. Yeah. And I think that that's just not the case anymore. So let's use this for instance, say I had damage to my roof here and mm-hmm. at my house and XYZ company comes and they sell me. They, so they sell me, I'm now going to use them. They probably don't need to be targeting me much until post job and maybe then they could stay in front of me with some education, those kind of things. But let's talk a little bit about what they could do from a, a, a targeted area ad where mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be on my roof, you're going to be making noise, your logo is going to be everywhere yeah. in my neighborhood. Uh, what are some things that they could do in that aspect to maybe target specific areas? Yeah, well, now we're getting a little more ninja. And this is kind of the fun part about uh, digital marketing. So. So yeah, let's, so this use case, use case. So this example would be somebody is actually working. Let's say they're working on my roof right now. Um, they've got their signs in my yard and the best thing to do for them, in my opinion, would be to kind of broadcast to my neighbors, broadcast to my community. Um, and the, one of the really cool, powerful ways of using social media, not social media, but, um, social media ad platforms is you can draw little maps around where you want to advertise. So maybe um, this business wants to just drop like a little pinpoint on my house in Facebook ads and advertise to the folks who are, you know, a quarter of a mile around me or a half a mile around me. In, in YouTube or in Google ads, you could do the same thing. So you can be, you can be a little wide. I mean, if, there, if you're storm chasing, right? Um, I don't want to say storm chasing. I don't know if that's like a negative connotation or a negative term in this, but like, let's say there's a storm that drops in a specific town. Like why not circle that whole area and then like broadcast your message there. You don't want to broadcast everywhere. You want to just dial it in. That's, that's a really powerful way of, you know, of using these ad platforms that just people really don't take advantage of, to be honest, because they don't know how. And, um, you know, it's just not, you don't have to do just based on interest or anything like that. Like you could dial in, Hey, I want to target people who are only homeowners who actually live in this area, who, you know, are in this geographic circle. And, um, you know, you could put that on Facebook, you can put it on Instagram, you could put it on YouTube. Like there's a lot of different options that you could do. Um, so there's, yeah, I don't, I mean, you could advertise to the people who, there's a lot of different things, I think, but I think just to keep it safe and kind of keep this, um, maybe safe is wrong, to keep this concrete, I think like geo-targeting a specific area would be a really good use case uh, for, for what, you know, what we're talking about here. Yeah, and to kind of even package that up just a little bit more, I talk to contractors all the time and they'll say, you know, my door knockers hit this neighborhood and it's a great neighborhood and there's a ton of work to be had there but nobody was home or, you know, when we knocked at in the evening, nobody wanted to talk to us. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think as myself as a homeowner, 
you know, if, if you're knocking on my door at seven o'clock and I'm trying to get kids in, in the bath yes. and we're yes. eating Been dinner, yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about my roof, but if you can educate me on the fact that my next door neighbor uh, had damage, what caused the damage and that you're going to be doing their house and you can just almost subtly get that in front of me. It's like, ah, now, now yeah. I'm initiating that conversation. And I just think that that's such a useful nugget that so many people, I mean, like you said, storm chasing is probably the wrong word because you could be a local contractor and know exactly. that like, you know, the, the Easter storm we had here in Lincoln and you could know the neighborhoods that got impacted and, Man, as soon as you get your first one, I would be getting some sort of testimonial from the homeowner. Yes. I'd be getting actual content from the neighborhood that I'm yeah. now retarget or I don't know if retargeting is the right word, that I'm geotargeting. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're like, Oh, that's that's so Susan. Like Exactly. You know, it's just it's so powerful and it does take a little bit of time and there's probably a learning curve, but it's got to be one of the most, you know, valuable yeah. ROIs that's out there. Yeah, I was going to say, think about the ROI. Think how, think how, how, um, how it's not difficult to go film somebody on their testimonial, right? It is difficult to get a testimonial, right? If somebody's willing, great. But if you have that testimonial, yeah, and you geo-targeted that, and you're putting out, like, you're, you're knocking on doors, you're putting out flyers, like, I don't know how, like, it takes quite a few touches. I think that's what everybody understands is in business. Like it, it's not a simple, Hey, I'm going to knock on this door and every, every door I knock on is going to, uh, a sale is going to happen. Like that's just not the way that it happens. So uh, if you can just, um, you know, put out that mailer, put out, you know, be knocking on doors, geo target these folks, like you're going to win eventually. And I really like the idea of using that testimonial in the own, in their own neighborhood. I mean, that's just like, that's a, that's a, that would be a baller move. So. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't even, it, in my opinion, you can do that. Like I know it's um, the speed to the door is kind of the, the name of the game in a lot of these um, contracting worlds. Um, I don't even have to have the roof done yet. You know, if I, if I get you to sign a contract, Jason, and I say, Hey guys, we're out here. Storm rolled through last night, uh, did a lot of damage to the properties. We're here with Jason. Jason uh, actually went up on the roof or whatever, like yeah, tell yeah. that story and have Jason yes. be like, man, these guys built so much trust with me. I feel so, you know, so comfortable having them redo my roof. And then you just drop that ad out in front of everyone. Yes. yes. I, I don't know. Maybe some days I think maybe I should get into the contracting. Well, world. I, no, I mean, the, and what I, what I would think about right now is how, how many times have, has that happened to me? And the answer is it really hasn't. So I think all more to the point is there's so much opportunity to just do what your do what your competition is not doing. It doesn't take that much. Like the learning curve really isn't that hard, but like you said earlier, think of the ROI, think of that one testimonial, what that could do for you. Um, and think like, what if you, what if you actually broadcasted that before you went out? or the same day that you're out knocking on doors, like you, you're, you're pre-marketing then. And then if they view it, you can hit them with another ad. Like it's, it's, uh, that's, and I feel like that is what it's moving to. Um, and the people who adopt it first are just going to have the most success with it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, there's still something to be said about doing great work in these, these areas. You still that's have to do a good job. Yeah. It, exactly. It's a completely different topic, but you yeah. know, we're both familiar with a, a local roofing company in Lincoln and yeah. they've just built their name on good work. And so yeah. now with a little bit of marketing, keeping that brand out in front of people and mm -hmm. the trust that you've built over time, like it's, it's a great combination. Exactly. Um, 
you've talked uh, or mentioned a few times here YouTube, and yes. I think yes. that is it's new. I'm gonna guess for most it's unknown. Yeah. Uh, for most it's probably even like I don't know if scary is the right word, but they're mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm spending money on Facebook, and now Jason, you're telling me I need to be spending money on yes. YouTube. I am telling um, you. Let's let's dive in. Let's unpack it. Like yeah. Like, that's a, that's a scary concept for people is like, I, I don't think I should be like, I don't even know if I'm sold on Facebook and now you're telling me I need yeah. to spend money on YouTube. Let's dive yes. into it. All right. So let's talk about spending money uh, effectively first. So I think it, as far as, you know, we mentioned retargeting and remarketing. If the people didn't listen to that conversation before, go back and listen to it. But if you didn't, basically what you're doing is you're only targeting the people who have displayed intent. So they've been to your website, they've engaged with your ad, they've qualified yourself, and so you're spending money on these folks. YouTube is one of the best platforms for remarketing hands down, and that is because you can use the system to your advantage. Meaning this, uh, I, I mentioned this earlier, but in YouTube, you can, you can leverage the settings. So there's a setting called CPV, meaning you're not going to get charged until somebody watches a full 30 seconds of your video. Now, your video could be two and a half minutes long, could be nine minutes long. I've seen ads that are 45 minutes long. Okay. The whole idea is you're not getting charged for how long somebody watches. You're only getting charged when somebody hits this 30 second threshold. And you're probably only going to pay three or four or five cents for that 30 second view. So think about that. You have somebody captivated for 30 seconds. If they are not, they click skip. That's fine, right? You're not going to get charged, but you have this bandwidth. You have 30 seconds to continue to tell them the story. Three to five cents is an incredible, like I would, that is some of the best money that you would pay. Now, so you should definitely be using retargeting and remarketing uh, on, on platforms like YouTube. But here's where the real gold is, I think, on YouTube as well. So if somebody goes to YouTube, you can really target them. Um, there's really three ways that I like to leverage YouTube. One is remarketing. That's putting ads in front of people who've been to your website. The other one is placements. And this is for more top of funnel, okay? So uh, top of funnel means they have them in your website. Maybe they're not really familiar with your brand. So a placement ad is you can actually pick which videos you want to put your ads in front of. So if you go to YouTube um, and you're like, what are my customers watching here locally? Um, then you can choose which video, like, oh, and not just which video, but you could choose which uh, um channel. So I want to advertise to the people who watch this channel, who watch this video, you can put your ad on that. There's really no other platform out there like that. And it's phenomenal for that. And then the other really cool use case is on YouTube. And this is my absolute favorite. It's, it's, and it's because internet marketing runs on intent. We've talked about that. If people are searching for a problem, you want to put your brand there. That's why people use Google search ads. They're typing in and they're trying to find like a solution to their problem. Um, you know, if you're like a locksmith, you need to be using Google search ads because people are trying to solve their problem immediately. So take that kind of context and go to YouTube. People are typing in a problem. Most of the time when people are on YouTube, they're doing two things. One, they're either wanting to be entertained or two, they're wanting to educate themselves. So if people go in and they type in a specific query, like how do I clean my gutters, right? How do I know if my shingles are bad? How do I know if my roof is bad? Like contractors near me, best roofing companies in Lincoln. If they type that in, you can put your ad in front of them. And that is one of, that's something that you can't do on Facebook. That's something that you can't do on Instagram. These people are literally typing out, they're waving their hand on the internet. It's kind of how I like to say it. They're like, they're flagging you down by saying, I'm looking for this pro, or I'm looking for this solution because I have this problem. And YouTube, you can just deliver right on that. And again, it's probably only gonna cost you, I mean, and here's the deal, you're not gonna get charged 
until they watch that full 30 seconds if you set it up the right way. Now, uh, you have to kind of know the YouTube platform to kind of set up your campaigns the right way. They're not just going to give you this, right? They're in the business to make money and Google's doing quite well. So, uh, but yeah, I feel like to kind of round out the, the, the question about YouTube, I feel like everyone has gone the Facebook, not everyone, but the, it's smart to go the Facebook route as well as the Instagram route. But YouTube is like this wide open opportunity for so many people. It's just a little bit harder to, to get started with. And then there's also the part where like, nah, I have to have a video on there too. It's not just some like image ad. You, you actually have to film something. And that kind of goes back to the very first thing that we talked about with the call to action. Like you, you want to tell somebody what to do on YouTube. They're listening. They're in a completely different state. They're not scrolling through their phone. They're like, they're actively saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to just sit down and watch this content. So if you can meet them and identify that the problem that they're, that they're, that they're trying to solve and you, then you literally tell them what to do, click through and learn more or click through and schedule a call. It's a really, really powerful way of just meeting people where they are. So yes, uh, have nothing but praise for running ads on YouTube. Awesome. So I've got a few questions and I think these are, Probably, I don't want to say dumb questions, but they're fairly basic questions, but I'm guessing others are going to have them as well. Number one, so I pick my channel, I pick the video I'm going to run at, mm. um, you know, whatever that may be. Is there a way that I can prevent that then from running in regions or areas that I'm not servicing? Because obviously, you know, YouTube, I could be in California and maybe I want to watch Nebraska football highlights. And maybe that's the channel that I chose and yes. the couple of videos that I want to drop on my video or my ads on, but I don't want to be targeting somebody in California. Is there any way to prevent that? Yeah, that's a, that's a phenomenal question. Um, the answer is yes. Um, and there does need to be some clarification on this. So uh, you can definitely say, I only want to target these people in these areas. Um, you can say zip code, you could do a radius, you could do uh, just an area. But one thing to be very, very careful about on the Google Ads platform, just in general, is um, I'm going to be positive here, and I'm not going to say anything negative at all. You really need to watch it. And I made a YouTube video on this about a month ago. There's something on uh, the Google Ads platform called expanded network. It's like, hey, do you want to expand your reach? And you're like, well, of course I would like to expand my reach. Absolutely. But they're not. You don't get to choose where, who sees this, where it goes. Um, you know. That is that is kind of the something a little bit sneaky about the platform. So you do have to go in and you have to really be sure that you're only targeting the uh, the areas that you want. And here's kind of some advice: if you go in and you set up a campaign on Google, if it ever says recommended, that should almost be a red flag to say like I don't think that's the way that I want to go. So normally it's like, hey, do you want to expand your audience? Um, to meet others who, you know, we think would be interested in your product. This is recommended. And it's just like, nope, I don't want to do that. I only want to target the people only in this area. Um, yeah, I've made that mistake several times, advertised to the wrong people. But again, it's enabled by default. And I've made a video about this, how I don't necessarily feel like a customer. Um, I don't feel like you're doing a whole lot of uh, good to the customer when things are kind of set against you. Mm -hmm. But that's the way it is, and I just want to put that out there to, you know, do be careful when it comes to this. Um, there's, like I said, I have a YouTube video. You don't have to pay some professional to, to create this campaign for you, but, like, just be careful with expanded audiences and stuff like that um, because 
you will lose your money. And if you call them for support and you say, Hey, I didn't want to target that area. They said, okay, well next time don't, you know, you set up the campaign, Michael, you set up the campaign. We'll help you set it up better. But I mean, you're not going to get a refund or anything like that. So. Okay. Second question is you, um, you talked about the, on YouTube, the search, the, you know, I'm looking at how to clean my gutters. I 100% want to be the, the top person there. If I'm a roofing contractor yeah. and you're, you're in my, my service area and you type in how to clean my gutters, my, I yeah. want something there for you. Um, is that going to be an actual video or will that be an ad that plays on one of the videos that they click on? That's a great, that's a really great question. So there's actually three different ways where you could target somebody on YouTube if you want to be first. So when you type in something on YouTube, you should see an ad up top. It looks like kind of like a search ad. So you can win the click there. Uh, if you, if they don't click that, that's okay. You can serve them ads in stream. And that's kind of where I would suggest to be. Um, so that means they've started a video. Your video is either going to play before or it's going to play um, in the middle. Um, and then there's this other type of ad called the discovery ad where it would be like a suggested, this is a suggestion, a suggested video for you. And that's kind of a thumbnail. So there is some importance on having a good thumbnail if you're, if you're advertising on this. So yeah, theoretically you could actually hit these people in three spots all at once. Um, if they type in this query. So that's a great question. And um, if you're just getting started in this, I would recommend to do the second one, just do in-stream um, because you've created this video, you wanna lead with video. Then I would do discovery. So it's kind of the suggested video. And then like the search result, I would do that last because, um, because you're probably gonna pay a little bit for that. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. This is intriguing to me. I'm, I'm learning a lot from this as well. So um, YouTube, pay money there. Uh, let's just summarize the first two platforms or three if we want to throw Instagram in there, but Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and then YouTube, they are pay to play platforms. Is that is yes. that a safe thing? Like I know that a lot of people push back on that and you for sure can do things and get organic reach and you should be trying mm -hmm. to do those, but mm -hmm. it, you have to be paying if you want to truly win there. Yeah, if you are, if you're a, a business page on Facebook, you have to be paying. Like I, I worked with a client a couple of years ago who got lucky. If you remember the like and share campaign stuff, where like, hey, if you like and share this, then you're gonna be entered to win this one thing. Like Facebook is clamped down on that so much. And um, like the business that I was consulting for, they were literally going in like they were negative twenty k in the hole with Facebook ads because. Uh, this was, I don't remember the exact year, but it's basically when Mark Zuckerberg is like, Hey, we're going to make Facebook way more about your family and friends, which is like, Hey, if you're a business, you have to pay. So if you notice that if you post something and you, and, uh, to your Facebook page, the reach is so minimal, like you're not going to get organic reach as a business. Um, unless you create something really, really clever and people are sharing it. But even if you write like, like and share, Facebook will block that. Like comment below, Facebook will not allow that. They're, they're going to make you pay. So um, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. It's just you have to know how to pay because, I mean, look at company cam. You guys are advertising very successfully on digital marketing, but it's because you can track what you're doing. So if businesses like just had that comfort uh, to, to understand like internet advertising is not just throwing money into some black hole void, right? That you can actually track what you're doing. That gives you so much more, it gives you so much more ease because you're not, you're not making decisions based upon your gut anymore. You're just making decisions based upon data. So, um, so yeah, as far as Facebook and Instagram is concerned, 
if you're going to make posts, you need to, you're probably going to have to spend some money. That being said, the one thing that I should say is if you're looking to just say top of mind to people, that's where stories come in handy. That's where you can leverage the power of Instagram stories and Facebook stories because those will show up. Uh, they're not going to have long tail benefits necessarily other than just keeping your brand in front of somebody. So that that whole thing though, there's way more time involved and all of that. Like you have to have somebody making these stories and you're seeing on top of it, but there, there are organic ways to win. So that's what I kind of want to clarify. I'm not just on here to preach paid, but, um, I would say about paid paid is predictable. It's trackable and it's scalable. If you know that one ad is winning, you can just turn more money. You can just spend more money. That's the winning ticket when it comes to paid ads. Like you're going to know your ROI. And so if it's working, you just spend more money. Can't really do that with organic. Um, you're going to have to cook up some, you know, uh, good content and then you're going to have to do it again tomorrow. So that's, that is the benefit behind paid ads. Perfect. Last platform. This has been mm. great content. I think one thing we should, I know you mentioned it earlier. If you're coming in and you're in part two of this interview, we have an interview or a podcast episode um, that would be part one of this where we talked about the tracking and those things. So make sure that if you're hearing tracking and some of these things, you're like, man, I wish they would go more in depth. We did that yes. part one of this interview. Let's talk just briefly on LinkedIn. Um, I, I think LinkedIn is a, it's definitely up and coming. I think there's some value to, you know, having a presence there. What are your feelings on, you know, strategies or tips that you should maybe be using, uh, from a LinkedIn perspective? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and this is different for every business, but I've worked with a lot of businesses and I've spent a lot of money online and on LinkedIn ads and all of this other stuff. When it comes to LinkedIn, I would say your best strategy is uh, content, organic content, because you do actually have an organic reach on LinkedIn. So um, as far as like running ads on LinkedIn, really there's not a whole lot of success or case studies that I would say are useful. Like I feel like a, um, LinkedIn is more account-based marketing. Um, you can use sales navigator to like really refine who you're going after. And that's, what's really great about LinkedIn. But as far as like running ads on LinkedIn, I probably would say your money is going to be better spent elsewhere. Like I know like the minimum for even running remarketing ads on LinkedIn is $30 a day. Um, that might not be a lot of money to some people that might be a ton of money to other people. Um, so I would say what your best strategy is on LinkedIn. And I can't, again, I don't want to kind of uh, make this all encompassing because it's different for everybody. But I think one of your best strategies on LinkedIn is organic content and getting them to click to your website and then having all of your automation kind of take place after that. So your YouTube remarketing, your Google display, your Facebook and Instagram, like the goal is to funnel them to your website and then let your automation take place. Because like if you were spending, if you gave me $30 a day to spend on just ads, and just retargeting, you could do so much damage across, like kind of, kind of create this omnipresent sort of feel rather than just putting it on LinkedIn. So, you know, the, the best success that I've had on LinkedIn is just making sure that you're actually going after the people that you're going after. Uh, and then you actually provide value to them. You're, you're getting into their inbox and you're not blasting them because we all know what LinkedIn has become like this automation boom, like connection request, pitch, everything is just kind of off-putting. And I've done it myself. Like I've run experiments and all of this. Um, but to like, I think what I'm starting to understand is you just need to provide value to these people. And so go live, you know, um, go live, do create some content, tag people, encourage uh, actions, encourage people to like it. Um, there's a lot of good ways to leverage LinkedIn, but 
uh, paid ads, I don't know. I mean, I would go the in-mail or something like that. So if you're gonna trying to go after like some commercial account, you're probably better off just really dialing in what the needs of that account is and then kind of doing the one-to-one -one strategy there, so. Yep, get, I love it. Get them to your website, you mm -hmm. know, start listening right away and then let's follow and, them around. And like, and that just should go for everything. Like your, I said this on, I think, uh, on the earlier podcast, it's like your, your website should be your, your best salesperson. Yep. So your goal should just be get them to my website and then all of this magic happens and it's all being tracked. It's all automated. You, you should know your ROI from all of these components. And so you're just trying to feed it, feed it with content like this. You're putting stuff on YouTube or, uh, wherever you are, um, on LinkedIn, but like the calls to action is a click through or do whatever get them to your website and let all of this magic kind of take place. So. Love it. I love it. Jason. Great, great stuff as always. Thanks, sir. Uh, I think the, the one thing I like about this, you know, digital marketing world is 12 months from now, we can probably have you back on and we'll have all sorts of new things that we can talk about because Indeed. it's an ever, it's an ever changing, you yes. know, landscape. Um, yeah. So really appreciate it. Jason uh, with Hacktics. Uh, I'll make sure your contact information's in the uh, description of this. So if you guys have any questions and uh, we will see you guys next time. All right. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you. This episode of the Company Cast is brought to you by CompanyCam. CompanyCam makes it easy to document your job sites, communicate with crews, subs, and even insurance adjusters. And now it's free. Check it out in the App Store or at companycam.com.